Hello, everybody. It's Keith. Help support the Northeast scene and declare yourself a member today. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or your podcast medium of choice. Rate us and leave a review. Every little bit helps. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. It has every podcast episode plus other exclusive content. Like and leave a comment. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at TheNEScene. Also, continue to write us at NortheastScene at gmail.com. We want to share your experiences as well. And now, here's the show. Let's, yeah, let's get, let's see what we can scrape together. We're going to have some macaroni and cheese and we'll have some hot dogs. Did we lose? Hold on a second. I think we lost Keith. We did, yeah. Oh, no. Hold on. Let me call him because he's going to, he's a, he's going to flip out. He's, hold on. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Northeast Scene Podcast. This is Keith. And Tommy. How's everybody doing? It's good to be back here again on a Monday night, and we don't have a guest tonight because, look, we're we're exhausted, all right? You don't know what we've been through in the past three weeks with rec- marathon recording sessions and flying and worrying about uh, home refinances. There's a lot of stuff going on. <laughs> We've had a string of really good guests, so if you have complaints now, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> to pull back the curtain a little bit, you know, I cast a lot of lines. I think I said this before, but I cast a lot of lines out there, and sometimes we get bites and sometimes we don't, and we got a lot in a row, and it was fucking awesome. So the last three shows, awesome. We've got more great ones coming up. I can't reveal who yet. I'd like it to be a secret to everyone when it drops on Monday morning. That makes it more fun. Uh, but we got more good ones coming up. And tonight, we're just going to check in with you, our dear friends, and uh, see how everything's going. You know, talk about bullshit. It's fun. This is what we do here. I always have a good time with the... I like these shows. Like, Me too, because the, the, there's no there's not as much pressure. And I just feel insane tonight for some reason. I don't know if I'm getting sick or if something's going on, but I just, I I feel extra anxious. I don't know. Something's up. That's weird because you usually are like, once you get on, like you're anxious before and then when you get on, you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, it's, it kind of seemed to, but you just, you definitely seem a little jittery right now still. (laughs) (laughs) I am. I am. I don't know what's going on. Can we, can we talk about the text exchange we had the other day with the, uh, the, I was cracking up. Because it was right in the middle of uh, Jim Ward's interview. Yeah. Keith's computer reset. It was like it crashed and just reset on him. And the audio you get from me is, oh, he's going to, he's a, he's going to lose his shit. (laughs) (laughs) It was some, it was so funny hearing that when I was editing it. Cause you, that just sums me up in one sentence. Like he's going to, oh, he's, I can be, I can be a little touchy. You know what it is? I think the thing is, is that um, a lot of this, especially all, like the, the podcast itself, there's a lot that goes into it. Like there's a lot of prep work that goes into it. There's a lot of, you know, there's the anticipation of like. Well, what I like to do is have it be conversational. I'll share an experience and I'll throw it to them. Yeah. And then hopefully they share an experience. But sometimes it's like I tell this whole story and they're like, that's great. And I'm like, oh shit, I'm at a question. <laughs> I got I got a whole lot of nothing now. Because <laughs> there's times where sometimes you've asked and like you you've asked like a really like interesting or like in-depth question. And like you can hear the person kind of like going like, you know what? Let me think about it for a second. Or like they're you can hear them kind of like starting to formulate an answer. Mm-hmm. Then there's other times where it's just like the person's like, yep. and you're like god damn it are you serious right now and then there's other times where i want to text him and be like this is going so well i i i don't know how we're going to get this down to you know an hour and 45 minutes like i i don't understand yeah when it's going real good it's like a high i'm i'm so in it that i i don't even know what's going on and then when i listen back to it and i'm editing it i'm like oh man i wish i would have like caught that or i wish i would have but i'm so i'm so in the zone 
I can't really think like I would normally. You know what I'm saying? I think one of the moments I still get like really hyped about is, and I go back to it and listen to it every once in a while when I'm having like a kind of a shit day or like there's been times where like I've been getting on the podcast and I don't necessarily feel, not that I don't feel, no, I like there's sometimes where I'm like, ugh, I just don't want to record tonight. I'm tired. I had a long day at work or, you know, like the baby was up, like whatever is going on in my personal life. And it's like, damn it. The last thing I want to do is go sit in the basement for three hours. The clip, (laughs) the clip that keeps me going and it makes me happy is the ending of Brad, like the last 20 minutes of Brad Truax from Interpol. Yes. And I'm not even like a gigantic Interpol fan, but I'm a big Brad Truax fan. That dude was super kind, very funny, very open. And at the end of that whole recording, it got super deep. And there was a part where I, every time I hear it, I go, I remember my exact mindset at that moment. He goes, let's just fucking start this over. Let's start right now. This is minute one. Let's do another two hours. <laughs> and in my head, I'm going, I knew exactly what I was thinking at that moment. I went, I'm exhausted right now, but if this dude will actually do it, I would totally do another two hours right now because that's that he just, we, we hit that like weird stride where we were talking about things that mattered and things that meant stuff to us. And Mm it, it felt very much like a, uh, drunken 3 a.m. conversation of like yeah man let's start a business like isn't we should just everybody's awesome like it but it was definitely all of us being like 100 percent sober and like psyched about just talking to other people yeah that that was a really good one and he's he's very cool i i see him a lot and i definitely want to get him back on the show at some point it's just a matter of when and that's another thing we're gonna have some return guests as well i like to time it when the time is right, but you can expect to see some of our friends once again. And there was something else. Hold on. Let me think. Let's talk about the show a little bit. How about that? That sounds good. We've been getting a lot of good interaction online. Have yeah. you noticed this? I So I really, so again, I don't have Twitter. Well, Let's rephrase that. I have multiple Twitters. I don't know how to use any of them. <laughs> you have like three accounts. You're up to three accounts. I, I think, think I am up to three. And what happens? Do you do you create it and then you forget the logins and you just don't want to like do yeah, the forget password thing to get it back? Exactly. And then there's... Don't, don't you think it would be less effort to get the password back than to create a whole new account? No. And then <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is, is I, I always go on Twitter with the expectation of like, Oh, I'm going to be able to read a bunch of shit that I want to read. And then I get on there and it's like, I don't This has just been my experience. It's not intuitive. Like it doesn't make sense how it works. Like I, to create a, like when I see people post, I'll say this. I rather would read people's Twitter repost on Instagram than actually fucking use Twitter because it's Twitter, you're old man. I am. I'm 38. Like fuck that. I'm going to got to go through search through people's like Twitter and shit like that. If it's gold, they're going to repost it on Instagram and I'll fucking get it. So I get the best of the best. No, but if you're on Twitter, you have your mouth directly on the faucet. Yeah, um that's that I I, I don't that sounds gross. <laughs> <laughs> Listen. Twitter makes sense. I'll admit it is confusing at first. I signed up in 2011. And I didn't understand it until 2015 or something. It yeah, took a while. I, I still kind of, like, I, I remember, like, you said something, like, you were like, oh, did you see what so-and-so said on Twitter? And it was so juicy, I was like, fuck, man, I'll actually go and get in a Twitter, like, I'll go and sign into my Twitter account. And then, like you said, I, I just, when I was like, fuck it, I'm, I can't find my password and I don't feel like going through that. So I just set up a new account. I found the tweet you were talking about, and then I looked at some of the like aftermath of it, and I was like, "All right, so how do I see what those people are responding to this person? Like when they like you know say at this person, yeah. and then I, it was too confusing to find. And then somebody was like, "Oh no, no, no! You need Tweet Deck." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no! You just press the post, and then all the replies are underneath." I just I don't like it. I'll sh- I'll show you how to do it if we're ever in the same room again. I was going to say, yeah, when we get together again, because it's one of those things that I actually, there's a lot of people that post stuff on Twitter that I think it's funny. I'm like, I'm a huge Colin Quinn fan, and he like somebody like see like, hey, check out Colin Quinn's 
thing that he tweeted about his new show. I'm like, he has a fucking new show. I didn't know that. Like, he's really good on Twitter. There, see, that's what's cool about Twitter is celebrities who you normally wouldn't pay too much attention to kill it on Twitter. Like Ice T is hilarious. Colin Quinn, he does this whole like hacky. I don't know. It's it's just like this ongoing hacky bit. Never-ending hacky bit on Twitter that's just funny, and there's a lot of people that are on there that are good. Hey, isn't it weird that when was the last time we saw each other in person? March. Oh my god, isn't isn't that weird? Wait, let's think real quick. Yeah, it was when we recorded the first yeah. four episodes. Yeah, no, because it was before, and then before that was all else failed. I know what I was going to say. You said you went back and listened to that episode with Brad. Yeah. And you remember exactly how you felt at that moment. Yeah. I know what you're talking about. That's like a drug. It's time travel. I will find songs that I haven't listened to in decades, and I listen to them, and I can remember exactly how I felt the last time I listened to it. It's time travel. It really is. I actually, you know what? I I, I think I mentioned, I know I've mentioned this on here before, but um, when we drive down the shore every year, we put on uh, Promise Rings, Nothing Feels Good. Yes. And every time I hear that, I still, I it, it could be winter. As soon as I hear any track from that CD, I immediately think of driving with the windows open and all my kids in the car, like driving down the shore, like getting ready to go down for the beach for a couple weeks, like. I'm super hot. Like that gives me like the, I get the goosebumps thinking about it. I'm like, that's going to be so amazing. Like, yeah. And it, and it's that anticipation of like, you know, I've been listening to this record for, and it's, it's, it's a relatively short record. <laughs> so <laughs> you kind of have to play it twice. <laughs> so it's one of those ones that, especially if you're in a lot of traffic going down the shore, it's a it sucks. But, um, cause you have to play it twice or sometimes three times. And when I ended up like, uh, I I've now decided that I listen to the radio until I cross the bridge into New Jersey. And then when I'm in New Jersey, I'll actually start listening to it. That's what my new th- point was. But I have to make a m- new, more chill driving playlist because <laughs> I kept having to skip over songs and then I was missing turns and it was, it was causing quite a controversy in the car. But you know, with those trips, I always tell myself I don't want to go anywhere and I don't want to do anything. But when I'm with Romy and her daughter and we rent a car and we actually go somewhere, when you're actually going to do it, it is a lot of fun. It is. I had. Yeah. To, I, I'm telling you right now. I was up in the Poconos for three days this weekend. Well, not no. Just we went up Friday night. So like after I was done work Friday, we drove up. Yes. So Friday night, Saturday during the day, and then we left Sunday afternoon. But I would never think being up there is fun, dude. It was a blast. We had a great time. The girls loved being outside. The weather was gorgeous. It was so much fun just to be outside and appreciate it. And the other thing was is that, like, I forget that they live, like, in the middle of nowhere. Like, it's, like, you know, their house is surrounded by woods. So when um, we were taking – so Kelly's father has been really sick over the last probably 18 months or so. And he just finished chemotherapy about three months ago and he's been kind of weakened by it and his hair starting to grow back, but he's starting to get some of his strength back, but they are big. Um, they decorate their house like crazy for Christmas and not like with decorations. They, they put lights all over the house. And I mean, like we were up on the roof for like an hour and, and 45 minutes, almost two hours putting up the lights on the roof. And the whole time I was up there, I was like, kind of mad that i was up on the roof like fuck i don't feel like doing this this isn't even my house i don't even get to appreciate this like i'm gonna fucking put these lights up and then drive the fuck away like this is this sucks and i was sitting up there on the roof and i was like this was so like the view of just all the woods around and like nothing there's just nothing it was really relaxing i was like this is actually really nice and i will say this the big thought that came into my head was like, I would like to have a beer right now. This would be nice. <laughs> but then I'm then I realized like I'm I'm fifteen or twenty feet up in the air. <laughs> Did you have one? No. No, 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 no. Nothing? I, no. I I feel like that's one of those things where um because I'm away from everybody, like because I'm not like around my friends or anything like that, and it's just Kelly and I, um, 
Kelly drinks so infrequently. Like Kelly will have like a glass of wine every month. Like, and when well, she drinks, she might have one glass or two glasses and then she's done. She's like one of those people that like she drinks alcohol and falls asleep. Yeah. Like she's immediately like, it just like makes her tired where it, for me, it's like the exact opposite. Like I get a buzz going and I'm like, let's fucking go. Let's go. <laughs> let's, let's start doing shit. Like let's, let's go ride skateboards. Let's go do dumb stuff. Let's go, you know, like, yeah, I have two drinks and then I'm dialing phone numbers or walking to certain corners. That's it. Yeah. It's just, it's a bad news thing for me. And I think, um, I think the reason I really wanted one is because I was like, it was just so peaceful and relaxing. And I was like, that would be like the kind of like cherry on top. Like, Oh, I'm just up here. And then I realized like, no, I got to climb down a ladder. <laughs> like after I'm done this, like getting drunk up here is probably not a great idea. Well, it probably felt good to help your father-in-law too, right? You know, what felt really good was when we were done, I kept going like, we're doing all this work. Um, and I was like, really? This is how many lights you guys have to put up? Like, they outline literally the whole house. So they outline all three parts of the roof. They outline the entire porch, both garage doors. Like, every part of the house, they outline with lights. And it's a pain in the ass. But I'm telling you right now, when it was done and we turned it on, I was like, okay, that was worth it. (laughs) It looks really, really pretty. And her mom made a really good point was like, she's like, it's basically the first of November. And she's like, we will not take these down until it's nice outside. You know, she's like, we'll take this, take these down like the first warm day in March. She's like, so literally you've done work for November, December, January, February, March. Like these are going to be up here for like four months. And I was like, oh, okay. That felt a lot better. Like that made me feel a lot better. And then on top of that, like her family was like, thank you so much for helping. But I'm a, I'm not good with heights. Well, you mentioned wanting to have a drink and you know, it was really warm over the weekend, right? I mean, up in the Poconos, it wasn't like, I never got hot. I mean, I had a flannel shirt on most of the time, but it was nice outside. It was, let's just say it was really comfortable out. Down here, it was in like the 70s, and any change in temperature (laughs) always makes me want to get high for whatever reason. doesn't matter the temperature change, but I was walking around the East Village with Romy, and, you know, she gets me out of the house every once in a while, which is good because I need it. And there's a lot of activity outside. There is a lot of, there's people smoking weed everywhere, drinking. I see drug deals going down. I have like a spidey sense for drugs i can just feel when they're nearby oh, and yeah. i can tell like who's selling them and i was like oh man so there's that going on oh but uh, of course uh the new president has been announced oh yeah joe biden right so get this now he wasn't my number one guy okay fine but things feel really hopeful in the city and i think that's cool there was a lot of people out celebrating People were honking horns and standing on street corners, banging pots and pans. And it was just a really happy, festive mood, which I have not seen or felt or experienced in New York this entire year. So just feeling that glimmer of hope is awesome. I mean, and the guy has announced, you know, he's got a team of scientists and there's going to be this COVID initiative. So that looks promising. So I will take this small glimmering fleeting moment of hopefulness i will i will take it i think that's a good i think that's a good thing and in my head i'm always like i appreciate that um people were so excited that was the nice thing i saw like especially when i saw like the tweet like i saw a lot of people posting from like downtown philly and i was like (laughs) oh and how about how about everything coming down to philadelphia once again we're number one yeah I'm interested to see what this looks like um, because uh, I know some people have said like that uh, we're, we might go back into lockdown. Like that's one of the things I've heard is that they're going to be a little bit more aggressive with containing Corona, which is I, honestly, I think is a good thing. Uh, I pray that we go back into lockdown. I, I'm tired of doing shit. I, dude, I'm, I hate to say this, but I, I, I don't think I, I don't I might've mentioned this on here, but like I had a meeting with, uh, one, like an old coworker that works for an e-learning company. And I was like, what's it like to do this work? And he was like, well, you work from home. And I'm like, 
fucking sold. I don't care. <laughs> like in my head, I'm going like, I can work from home now because of the situation, but I really, really like being home. Like I, I enjoy not having the commute. I enjoy not having to deal with any of the other, like <sighs> I'm not good at the social graces part of like working with other people. Like, yeah, I, I, I struggle with like the, I eat lunch with the same three people every day. Or I eat lunch by myself and then text somebody and be like, all right, I'm eating in my room. I got to grade papers or something like that. You know, uh, but I really like this. So I think that's one of the things that I think is is encouraging is that one, it might be um, good to kind of go back and kind of quell this and figure out what's the next step in terms of making in terms of making this uh, somewhat contained i'm not sure what you do at this point i'm not you know obviously i don't i don't know much about the science behind it um but i think that's hopeful i think it's um a little bit weird i've seen some kind of infighting with some people that in the democratic party like they're very upset like yes biden won but at the same time they feel like not he's not progressive enough and no democrats wouldn't be saying that that would be like well, that's People what, on the left would be saying that because Democrats aren't progressive. But wait, aren't Democrats? Well, I mean, all right. So <laughs> Democrats wouldn't be praising Biden for not being progressive enough because they're not. Pra- no, no, they're, they're. I mean, yeah. the Democrats are like, yeah, we're we're psyched that he's in, but like yeah. the far left, like people like. Uh, AOC, like those people are like, his policies don't go far enough. Like we need to be more progressive about this. We need to make sure that these are initiatives that we're following through with. And yes. it's like, I don't get it because I've actually seen like other people tweet back to, well, I've seen articles where other people have kind of gone back and forth with her and they're like, look, you need to stop saying things like socialism and defund the police because you almost cost us a bunch of fucking seats. <laughs> like you gotta, you gotta temper some of your progressiveness because it's scaring away the middle of people like the, the people that are in that kind of are moderate, like you're scaring those people away. So I'm interested to see how that plays out in the next four years. That'll be kind of a cool kind of thing to see what that looks like and i can tell you exactly how it will play out go absolutely nothing will change as far as progressive politics go joe biden's president will stay middle of the road there will be improvements because we don't have a crazy person in office anymore (laughs) but there will not be universal health care or the end of rampant capitalism or a closing of the wage gap you know, either from men and women or just from billionaires to everybody else. None of that will change. Do we need it to change? Yes. <laughs> see, see, we're not exactly on the same page politically, but I think that'll be good for the show. Cause no, you know, it totally if, is. And if I, you were a far left Marx brother too, like this, this might not be uh Oh no, this would just be us agreeing with each other the whole goddamn time. That wouldn't be fun. And that would be boring. You're more, you're a little more, conservative not like republican but you're just a little more so I, center like middle of the road so i'm very i've always considered myself liberal yeah. um especially when it comes to social policies yeah. so uh but i always feel like when it comes to economic policies i feel like what made the most sense to me were things that kind of fell in line with more like <sighs> I'm trying to think there's the economist. I really like Thomas Sowell. He really kind of puts things in perspective of like, look, I'm an economist. So I understand how these, these kind of systems function together. Um, But uh, I think people construe like a lot of the things, like, especially with people that are involved in economics, they tend to not just comment on economics. (laughs) They start talking about things like social issues and stuff. And it's like, Okay, last time I checked, you have a PhD in economics. I don't give a shit what you have to think about in terms of like (laughs) the social contract. (laughs) I also just don't trust them because very pretty much everyone has sold their soul. Like Alan Greenspan got up in front of everyone and said, "Oh yeah, we had no idea that this economic that this economic crash was happening." Yeah. But there's a whole movie about guys who knew it was going to happen and bet against it to make themselves rich. So you're telling me they knew that and he didn't. You knew then. 
You knew then what they were. <laughs> What's that from? What the fuck is that from? Independence Day. Remember Judd Hirsch's speech? Oh, yeah. You knew then? You knew then. But, like, the big thing I think about with uh, the, the my politics is, like, I've always been, like, very liberal. I saw, a po- I saw a thing the other day that I was like, you know what? That actually, not all of it, but most of it made sense to me. And it was, like, smoke weed, have an abortion, buy a gun burn your house down something something and it had like all listed all these like kind of like you know outlandish things or at least like things that people were kind of like you know you can take extreme points on <laughs> and it was like um kind of of the mind of like i don't give a fuck what you want to do like just keep it to yourself if you do it by yourself and you want to be okay with that i don't give a shit what you do in your house that sounds very that sounds very libertarian Yes, that, I think that's where I kind of fall in line is uh, socially, socially liberal and fiscally moderate. I wouldn't I say conservative because I feel like uh, when you look at a lot of conservative economists, I think their biggest thing is like they want to cut things like social welfare programs. I don't think you should cut welfare programs. I feel like you should modify them in a way that incentivizes people to get out of them faster rather than become part of them and like be- use them. Well, here's the thing. We have social welfare programs for billionaires for sure. So why shouldn't we have them for everyone else? And you just can't align yourself with any Republican these days because they've just become cartoonish bad guys. So if you're aligning yourself with Republicans, you're aligning yourself with rampant racism and and every other horrible thing that they stand for these days. But that's the thing is, is like you can't. So uh, that's what kind of confuses me now is like I saw people saying things about like it was literally just a thread on Facebook, I think. And somebody was talking about who they voted for. And it wasn't even Trump. That's what it was. It was, dude, it was in one of those, um, it's, I'm so glad I'm a part. Yeah, I I think we talked about this before, but listen. It's it's my Feasterville page. It's fucking hilarious, dude. You got to get off Facebook and you especially got to get off the Feasterville page. I'm guessing nothing good happens there. No, people find lost cats and dogs and stuff like that. It's awesome, dude. Reunited and it feels so good. Well, I'm getting off politics, and I'm getting us back on the, our show, the yeah. most important topic of all. Mm-hmm. Now, have you noticed all the great feedback we've been getting lately? No. Oh, yeah. So this is what we were talking about before you took us off on that journey through Twitter and then everything else. <laughs> when, you started, when you started with the politics part. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had to discuss the new president. That's big news. That's true. We got to stay as current and fresh as possible for our audience. I, I still, it, because we recorded so many episodes right in a row, I still was, a, I was still slightly confused about where we were timeline wise. It was very confusing and we might have to do the same thing again soon because I got to really hit the books in December. Yeah. Well, but get ready. We'll make it work. Of we course. always do. We have to. But yeah, we've been getting a lot of great feedback on the show. A lot of people messaging us and saying, how much they like it. We're getting a lot more followers. Oh, get this. On Twitter, we didn't have many followers. So I just tweeted and I was like, we need at least 100 followers or this is just sad. <laughs> I I don't know how to do it, but I'm just putting it out there. So a bunch of people retweeted us and we went from something like 50 followers to 90. There you go. Yeah. That's a huge increase. And that was so nice. So... Man, thanks to everybody who's following us. I'm trying to put a little more energy into the Twitter. And yeah, that was just it was just really awesome that that people did that. No, just let me take over to Twitter. I'll do it. Yeah, we'll have six <laughs> accounts. The password will be lost. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be constantly the reset and be like, uh yo, I I I don't know. I fielded one of those things. Isn't that is Twitter one of those things where you can get verified? Is it like Instagram? Yeah, I want to have a verified account. That's my dream. I feel like I, I get contacted by people all the time where they say, hey, we'll verify your shit. Like, you just got what? you just got to pay them. Oh, no, I'm not doing that. It seems like a huge scam. I think it's probably just a scam, but I'm not, you know. As you know, I'm not the most tech savvy of people. <laughs> not at all. Here's some good feedback we've been getting. Uh, Brandon P. on Twitter said he's a member. So we've got our third official member. All right, so it's Vadim, Mike Mig, Mike Migs, okay, 
and now Brandon P. Nice. Brandon P. said he loves the show, so Brandon, we love you. Thanks for listening to us. Brian M., who played in Person L with Kenny, reached out to us. Oh, nice. And he said, uh, hold on a sec. Oh, he was he was asking what the ending song was, and I told him, and I said, you know, the, that ending song just really reminds me of old times and that good feeling from being around friends in the show. And he said thanks that the show does that for him. And thanks for the minor time shout out and that he played with Kenny in personnel. So that's cool. Thanks, Brian. Oh, nice. You're awesome. And then we've got, uh, oh, here's a really, wait, which one were you going to do? I literally, I have to go back. <clears throat> it was a, a comment on YouTube and it was from the Kenny one. I think it was Colin Mahoney. Yeah. He says, love this one. Yeah. Dude, that kid fucking rocks. He's the kid from uh, Algernon Cadwaller. Really? I'm pretty sure that's Colin. Yeah, uh, it's him. Yeah. Well, th- thank you, Colin. That was a yeah. really awesome episode. Talking to Jim was really fun. Yeah, I, I felt like a high this morning posting that one, and I listened to Collapse 50 more times. God, that song is good. Yeah, that lyric almost makes me cry every time when he's like, you know when he falls apart, he listens in the dark to the record's turn, I'll never learn. Oh, yeah. That used to be like... When I was like sad all the time, that no. lyric would always get me. God damn, that's just I I that whole record just brings back great memories. And it was funny. I was telling Kelly that night when we got upstairs. I was like, "Yo, we had the dude from At the Drive-In on," and she was like, <laughs> "Keep in mind, my wife's understanding of like punk rock and all that stuff is like very minimal, like very very minimal." So she was like, "Oh, I know At the Drive-In," and I was like really and she kind of like glanced at me like kind of like said she was like doesn't the one guy have like big hair (laughs) oh well she does know them okay yeah uh two of them have fairly large hair actually (laughs) depends on what era of at the drive-in you're talking about but that's a band that people no one if i talk to normal people or my family they don't know any of the bands except maybe interpol but even then not really yeah but at the drive-in people know they they were big on um was it one arm scissor was on like conan yes and or then, letterman letterman De- or definitely letterman maybe conan too and then um that was when MTV2 was fairly popular because this was like kind of the transition of like MTV kind of just turning into not playing videos anymore with the demise of kind of like TRL and like having video countdown shows and stuff like that. And MTV two played that video pretty heavily. Cause I remember turning on MTV two fairly often being like, Oh shit. Like I at the drive-in that's fucking crazy. Like, yeah. All the like normal music guys whose favorite band was tool. They, they all knew at the drive-in. Yeah. Yeah. I never got, I, did you ever get in tool? No. Okay. I liked them for a minute. When I got into alternative stuff in the early '90s, yeah. mid, early to mid '90s, but I, I, I just, I, I never really got it. It I, never gripped me. Yeah, I, you know what, you know what got me? I liked their videos when I was little. I liked the, um, remember the video for Sober? That's what got me. Yeah, that was what like that's what I really really liked. I remember watching this, being like, "Wow, one, someone took their time with this. This is really neat." And there's a shot in that where, um, you know, it's obviously not like a real thing, but like he like hits his hand on the pipe and like opens the pipe up. Like it kind of cracks and breaks open and you see what looks like intestine, like running through this pipe. And I just remember watching that when I was a little kid, not a little kid, but I was like, you know, whatever, 13, 14 years old. And even it kind of made me just go like, (laughs) <laughs> like it, it made me kind of gag a little bit and i was like okay so this thing is awesome like it's a cool video it's probably their only song that i really like yeah that's a really good song yeah i, I dug it a lot at the time i actually liked the other band that they were in better uh the perfect, circle. perfect circle yeah i like that band i like a couple of their songs really well like but well we got a very nice email from tori c as well you want to hear this yes go i always want to hear nice stuff about this because we spend so much time doing it and we don't i don't interact with other people so it's nice to, <laughs> it's nice to hear nice shit all right here we go keith tommy thank you for devoting your time to sharing your show with us i became 
lightly obsessed a couple weeks ago listening to the Keith Goodwin interview and as a big fan of his projects and subsequently listened to every other episode, rounding it out today with the very first recording. Feels like we're friends now. Full disclosure, I'm from Orange County, California. It might be as far away from your target area as possible, (laughs) but I still get off on reliving my glory days through you. I'm not sure if you really give a shit, but you asked at one point, and at 38 years old, I've got no one else to share this shit with anymore. That that is awesome. And don't make the mistake. We want to talk to everyone. We want to hear from everyone. It's not just the Northeast. Mm -mm. You know, I started the Instagram page, the Northeast scene, just to catalog our scene. But the podcast is something bigger. The podcast touches everywhere, all over the world. And that's great stuff from Tori. And that's, I know that feeling. It's awesome. When you discover a cool podcast and you go back and listen to every single one, I've done it. It's the best feeling. And that's what we want. That's exactly what I want is... I love that feeling because, like I've mentioned before, when I didn't have anyone to talk to, you know, Howard Stern was my friends or whatever podcast I was listening to, they were my friends. And that's that's what I listened to. It was like having people there when no one was there. But there's more to this email from Tori, so I'm going to read it now. Yeah, keep going. He says, the show that really got me into hardcore. I was into it before, but this show was at Orange County's beloved Chain Reaction and holy fuck, what a lineup. All insanely great and such different bands. Horse with the more sloppy, slightly comical Nintendo core. Between the Buried and Me with the super clean dynamic soundscapes. Hella playing just fucking weird and <laughs> capping off the night with one of my favorites, Dillinger Escape Plan, who became my number one favorite band for a long while after that. Dude, same here. Oh, that's mm. funny. My friend Jake and I saw them five times on the next tour for Ironworks. One show at HOB in LA, Greg chucked a chair into the pit and hit someone in the head. Security was trying to get on stage to grab him, but him and Ben escaped. <laughs> <laughs> when we were leaving, we saw them down the hill from the venue and walked down to talk to them about it. They were super cool and apologetic. They acknowledged how berserk their shows can get, but they never really want anyone to get that hurt. Greg even said if the dude he hurt reaches out that he'd pay his medical bills. Their last show at Chain, the guitar player for the Bled, hit me in the face with a spinning back fist while we were in the pit together. And the pain over the next couple days was such a great reminder of how sick that show was. (laughs) (laughs) I really miss those days, and listening to your interview with Liam filled me with nostalgic excitement. Wow, that's awesome. You see, these are the kind of experiences we're looking for. I love reading shit like that. And Tori, I hear you, man. I didn't have anybody to talk about this shit with. And that's what how Tommy and I reconnect. Well, Tommy and I have always been friends, but we connected on a deeper level talking about shows in the old days again. And now that I found this community on Instagram, you know, we have people to share this shit with, which is awesome because I used to just be posting it on my personal account to nobody. And I'd be like, man, where are my people at? Where are they? It is really nice when you hear, um, See, I think, I guess that I haven't had that experience with a podcast yet where, I don't know. See, every podcast I listen to is kind of like one of those, like, you know, This American Life, like you listen to it and like, it's more journalism or more storytelling than anything else. Yes. Um. So I haven't really found one that I, like, that's actually a good one. Since we have, a, like, we have listeners and we have people that like get into podcasts, you're clearly, if you're fucking listening to us, you're at least into one of them. Uh, yeah. I want suggestions on podcasts to listen to that are conversational like ours, like with something that kind of feels like you're in the mix. Um, Those are the ones I like. I, I don't even listen to This American Life anymore because it's just, I don't know, it's like a news report. Yeah, and I'm, not, I'm not really into that, but I really like the Howard Stern format where it's a group, it's a cast of characters yeah. and everyone has their individual personalities and it's it's like a soap opera. I tried to get into um, one. I had a friend that said that, you know, you re, you should really check out that um, show uh, with Tom Segura. That uh, t- I think it's called Your Mom's House. And it's like him. It's like Tom Segura, Tom Segura's wife. And then he has like a random guest on. Um, I forget who it was. But he had somebody on one time that I thought was like, oh, I'd seen a couple things that he had posted before. And I remember him from being on um, the 
Real World or was he on Road Rules? He was a comedian named Theo Vaughn. And he has a really interesting way of talking. And he kind of has like a very weird cadence when he talks. I think he's from Louisiana, but he has some really funny stories to tell. So I was like, oh, I'll check this podcast out. I don't think I got more than 30 minutes into it. And I just bailed. I was like, I just, I didn't, I don't know. I really, honestly, I know that we do a podcast and I love doing it, but I don't listen to, there's one podcast that I listen to and I don't want to say the name of it for reasons. Oh yeah. yeah but yeah. It, I had the experience Tori is talking about where I liked it and I went and listened to every episode and I lo- that's the only one though. And I right I just don't have time right now for new ones. I have zero time between this show and studying and work and relationship and personal life. I have zero time to f- cycle in even one more thing. Like I don't I don't cycle in any new things. I I don't cycle in any new games. I finish a game, that game is done and then I start a new one. Like there's no room for anything else. Gotcha. Yeah. See, that's a weird thing. I I <sighs> I mean, I don't know. I, I feel like I don't have, I mean, I don't have any time, but I feel like I always just, <laughs> I always find ways to fit in other shit. And I'm like, if I can fit this in, I can fit this other thing in. Like, <laughs> I end up, you know what I mean? Like, you end up making all those things. Like, excuse me. You make up all these things, but at the same time, it's like, oh, I'm not going to be able to get into this. I don't have the time for that. And then I find myself doing something like, I had to like look up stuff for, I have to do my evaluation for work. Um, and I had to look up all this data. And for some reason I went down this rabbit hole of like old test scores. And I started like looking at like my, my performance over the last like nine years as a teacher. And I was like, I don't know why, but it, like I, I looked at it and I was like, holy shit, I've been doing this for an hour and 45 minutes. Like, I fucking really should go to bed. Like, I, there was like a dozen other things I should have done. Like, I should have gone upstairs and emptied the dishwasher, and I didn't. And I sat there and did this. And so when I say, hey, I don't have time to do this, but I, I totally do. Yeah, and I hear you. I And it's not like I'm this super effective, efficient person all the time. A lot of times I'll just lay on the couch and stare at the ceiling. <laughs> Because I I just don't want to do anything, or I'll play too many video games. Those are my two things. So those are my time sinks. And here's some other stuff I want to talk about real quick. Now, make sure you check out our YouTube channel. We have every podcast video up there. We have some exclusive stuff. The We have a new live at the drive-in set up there from John Mariakis. This has never been aired before, and he's been kind enough to let us debut it on our YouTube channel. So thanks, John, for that. And what a perfect time to get it to coincide with the week we put up the Jim Ward interview. It's awesome. It's audio of the show. So yeah, if you're really into at the drive-in, check it out. I've listened to it. It's fucking awesome. And it's pretty good quality too. We have an exclusive botch interview from Tim Cooper of Signal Hill. He did it when he was in high school, when they were on tour with Ink and Dagger. So if you're a fan of Botch or Ink and Dagger, check out that interview. It's a short 15-minute interview, I th- I think. It's pretty cool. I've got some old show videos up there, you know, some different stuff. So subscribe to our YouTube channel and check it out. And, you know, whenever new stuff comes in, I'm going to be putting it up. I don't know. I think that's it. And keep writing us. Keep writing us. Thanks for following us. Thanks for writing us. We're going to share your stuff on the air and because you're a part of this thing, too. Yeah. It's always nice to hear people talk about the show too. Like it's funny. Um I <laughs> Vadim texted me the other day and he was like, Hey, I didn't know you really liked Afghan wigs. <laughs> I was like, I thought for a split second, I'm like, how the fuck does he know I like Afghan wigs? <laughs> like <laughs> like why would he know that? Like out of nowhere. And I'm like, Oh, that's right, the podcast. Because he's like, you know, you're if you're in that mode of like doing work or like taking care of the kids or like whatever you're in the mood of doing or like in that kind of like mindset, if somebody throws something from some other part of your life, yeah, it doesn't really like it took me a moment to kind of like get it together. And I was like, wait, what? Like, what the fuck is he talking about? Sometimes he'll text me. It'll just be this blanket statement. And I'm like, what is he talking about? And I'm like, oh, right. It's the podcast I recorded like two weeks ago. I don't even remember anything I said. You know what's funny? You know what's funny about how my brain works? You told me that Vadim was texting you about the podcast. 
Oh, and you got and then my, the, my first thought was, why isn't he texting me about the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> this is a thing that I do. I think it goes back to high school and rejection or something like that. But I will see groups of people hanging out and I'm like, they're not talking to me. They're, they're not, I'm not part of that. I hate them. Why aren't they talking to me? But I don't want to talk to them. Like I, like I was just mentioning, I don't have time for anything else. I have a very full, very fulfilling life, but there's something in me that makes me feel like I'm isolated or being left out. And then I get vindictive, but thankfully now I can recognize it and just be like, dude, stop. You're doing that thing. It's ridiculous. Uh, that's good though. At least you recognize it now though. Cause that's a, like a weird, uh, not like a weird thing, but it's like, I, that can definitely be, um, something that influences the way you act around people. Because if you still think like so you're holding a grudge about something like, you know, uh, cause like somebody didn't invite you to something like 10 years ago. Like, do you, is it like that? Ser- like, is it like something like you're like, Oh, uh, when I knew this person, you know, I, they went out with this other girl and I, I really wanted to go out with her or it, they went to a show and didn't invite me. Is it that like that per, like overwhelming? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're getting better with it though. Cause then that you don't have those grudges. My sister always had held grudges and I always, you know, I'm would, getting better at dealing with it. I want to be able to let all that shit go. I'm I'm working on it. I'm doing diligent hard work to unload myself of that burden. You know, I I I don't hold grudges. My sister always held grudges. I've always hated her for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that took me a while to set that up, but that made me feel good. All right. Wait, isn't that like a stand-up joke or something? It's or- something from Oh, Seinfeld. No. Oh, and they do a joke like that in Seinfeld. Wait, Elaine's like, Jerry, you never feel remorse. He's like, yeah, I feel bad about that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I think I stole it. It's more direct than that. It's like I stole like a stand up joke or something. No, I don't. I know what it's from. Uh, You probably never watched it, though. There is a show that the guy that wrote Rick and Morty um, community and it was like it was Joel McHale and a bunch of other cast of people. But uh, there's an episode where the older guy who is Chevy Chase's character has Mm -hmm. like uh, a pill addiction and he ends up in the hospital for it. So he has like this whole ceremony where he's bringing in people in one by one and giving them some type of gift as his, you know, final kind of gift he's not really dying but he's like trying to trick them into them uh he's there starts out one of the bequeathings of like hey i'm gonna give you this and he goes you know i don't want to hold any grudges my father always held grudges i always hated him for that (laughs) (laughs) so i just stole it and said my sister (laughs) you're gonna get a sued oh no No, just kidding not enough people listen to this to want to sue us one more message from dennis he says about the Jim Ward episode. Awesome episode. Thanks for using your platform to end the stigma in the hardcore and punk scene. I lost so many years of my life from addiction, lost all my friends, and was almost too ashamed to go back to shows. Now I celebrated six years sober in October and booking shows again, and I'm definitely a regular listener now. Dennis, thank you so much for that. That's awesome. Very Now, awkward. we're ending a stigma in the hardcore and punk scene, Tommy. Can you believe that? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, no, think- I, I, I want to I wanna be able to talk about that stuff. I want people to be able to talk about it. Like we were talking about with Jim Ward. Yeah. You know, it's, it, people are having more open dialogues about it. Uh, I, I want us as much as we can to be a place people can turn if, if they have inquiries about that type of thing. And I always tell people, shit, if I can do it, anybody can. Yeah, and I, I, it was I, not on my list of things to do to quit drugs and alcohol for three I, plus years. Not at all. I actually, it's always fun with with you. Is that uh, I think you minimize it a little bit. You work really hard. Like you definitely you put in the work. Like you do what you're what you need to do to make sure that you are where you need to be. And yes. think because it's become part of your life and it's something that you actively live every day. 
I don't think you necessarily see how much I, maybe you do, but I, I really feel like there's so many people that are afraid of getting sober or afraid of, uh, starting to confront their addiction in that they know that the, the amount of work they're going to have to do is staggering. Like, yeah, you have to change your whole life. And that's the scary part. You don't even realize, I mean, at least for my brand of, of recovery, I didn't realize all the work that goes into it. Yeah. And it, you know, it doesn't take up my whole life, but it takes up time, but it's, it's good. It's like a job. It's like another part-time job. It gives me something to do, which I love. And yeah, it, it, when you're in that, when you're in it, it's just so, if when, when you're in it, that's all you know. So it's so scary to think about life without that. It would be like someone coming to you, Tommy, and being like, well, we're going to take your family away and you're going to live without your family now. Yeah. Are you ready for that? No. Yeah. No, because it's, it's like, it's that's a, <clears throat> it's a, one of those things that, um, I think when people are ready to make that decision, I think that's the thing that stops them at every point from being like, I'm going to fully commit to this is they realize like, wow, this is going to be such a profound change in my life. And I think a lot of it, I know it's really funny and this is, I don't want to ever minimize like people that go into like recovery and like addiction and stuff like that. But, um, I quit vaping. <laughs> it's such a, <laughs> such a little thing, but, um, now quitting vaping was hard, man. So don't, don't minimize that. Well, I will say this. I actually had a much easier time quitting vaping than I did quitting smoking. Me too. Uh, smoking for me was such a huge part of my life. And I think because um, of the way that I smoked, I was never a daytime smoker. I smoked in the morning when I got up and I had coffee. And then I smoked at night when before I would go to bed. I think uh, with cigarettes too, at least certain brands, the chemicals make it more addictive. Because I remember smoking Mar Marlboro Lights. And when I, when I was finished one, I would feel this physical sensation that i had to have another one right away but with vaping it wouldn't it wasn't quite like that yeah i think with me vaping you know what made me feel really good when i stopped is um i guess it's the the maintenance that goes along with it like i need to have the pods they need to be like i need to have the things that are like i need to have the things charged and i need that means i need to have the cord to be able to charge them that means i have to have the thing like there was a lot of like Maintenance. The rituals, man. They're the best part. No, was, that bothered me so much. That's what what I was excited about giving up was like, I don't have to go through all this shit. I don't have to make sure I plug it in before I go to bed at night. I, I don't have to fucking like, you know, I would do that like weird thing with the jewel pods where I would literally like, uh, I would save them even though I knew they were pretty much done. Yeah. Yo, I would pick them out of the trash. And, and smoke them yeah, and throw them out and then pick them back out of the trash and smoke them. Yeah. I didn't even, I didn't even remember that I did that until Romy told me and I was like, man, I'm fucked up. Yeah. It's a weird thing. So I, I actually, before I quit vaping, I, I had switched to those, um, those disposable vape things. Yes. And, um, I, I noticed just with those, they gave you a really, really, really hard hit. With Jewel, it was like you had to do the thing, like your trick, like to plug it in, plug it out, like every yeah. single time. Um, these things, I think they were called cigar, like they were they they were shaped like a cigar tube, like they were pretty thick, um, and they were always like relatively high concentration of nicotine, like five point eight percent or something like that. Man, when you hit those really hard, I remember a couple times I did it like. I wouldn't smoke all day at work, right? Or like I would maybe take a hit in between like two two classes, like if I had a break or something like that. I remember after school one day I sat down and I took one really big hit and then I was like, that wasn't really that satisfying. Let me take another one. And I halfway through the other one, my hearing was like, wah, 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 wah. <laughs> and I was like, all right, you know what? I think this is, this this might be time to... <laughs> This might be time to get rid of this for a little bit. Like I'm thinking about the hell of doing that all over again now, and I'm just glad that I don't have to anymore. So wait, what problems did you have when you quit vaping? Did you really feel like a physical withdrawal? Yeah, not not like other things, but but yeah. enough to be an, like an annoyance, right? 
Yes. And it's the, the, the thing that I always thought about when I first quit. Um, well, I, I've talked about this on here before, but if like when I first quit, I think the biggest thing for me was like, I'm tired of spending the money on shit that I know is hurting me. Oh, that too. And it was like, once I threw them in the garbage and I like put real garbage, I mean like real garbage on top of them. I was like, they're not going to, I'm not getting those out. Like diapers went on top of those. It was like, see, I would have got it out still. Cause I'm a true fiend. Yeah, I can't. I Dave, that was like enough for me to be like, all right, I'm not doing this anymore. And I think the only time that I've really been like, oh, that sucked. Like, I don't like this. Um, I really did when I would go out to the skate park in the morning, I would hit it way too hard. Like, I think that was part of like my, oh, I don't have any kids or a wife right now. It's just me and my headphones and I'm listening to music and I'm skateboarding. Like, this is fun. And I would go a little overboard with it on Saturday and Sunday mornings. And I feel like there was part of my brain that was always like, oh, you, you've earned this. Like you worked hard this week. So yeah, like, it's, yeah. Your, your brain gives you like these weird justification, like, you know, it'll, it'll justify it anyway. It wants to, to get what it, what it really wants, which was ultimately, yeah, just drive to the store and go buy some more fucking vaporizers, dumb, dumb. So, uh, I remember that was the first time where I really, I sat down at the bench and it was really cold in the morning. And I was like, I'm going to like, just get my stuff together. And I put my headphones in and I did it like three times in a row where I like tapped my pocket, like looking for it. And I was like, Oh, you don't have it anymore. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a little heartbreaking. Like there was a little part of me that was like, Oh, I should just treat myself every once in a while. I'll get one. But, but it's never once in a while. Like, it's you know no, there was one of those hellfests we went or wait not hellfest what the no, fuck? this is it hardcore one, yeah it was one of the this is hardcores we went to and we were smoking cigarettes and then i think i ended up buying a pack and i smoked them on and i was it's always it always ends up bad i just can't do anything that's it one isn't enough and thousands too many <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. It just never fucking works out. I never, I've especially, and it's always funny is like, I'm hoping at some point in time, like in the future, like, uh, I can be one of those people that like, uh, I always go to my aunt's and uncle's house, like on Thanksgiving. And there's always a group of like five or six, like, uh, of like, you know, the younger kind of people, like everybody under 40. And like, there's a couple girls and a cut co- and, you know, a couple of my cousins, like they smoke cigars. Mm-hmm. And I've always found that fascinating until, Don't do I, it. yeah, but until I get out there and I'm like, Oh my God, one, the smell, it just gets to me right away. Like the smell is really, really strong. And, you know, cause I've always been a, a smoker. I'm like, let me try it. Let me take a puff off yours. And I try it and I'm like, it, t- it tastes like it smells <laughs> like <laughs> delicious. Like it t- it's garbage. It tastes really bad. Like I don't like it. And they're like, oh no, no, it's like scotch. It's like an acquired taste. And I'm like, I'm not learning how to smell. Like I'm not learning this. Like <laughs> I've learned plenty of shit that is dumb as fuck. Like in my entire life, like I learned how to make myself smoke cigarettes every day. I learned yeah. how to drink beer. Like when, even when I didn't want to drink, like, but I'm not, I, I have the active choice right now to say, fuck this. These smell terrible. And then my one cousin was saying like, I was like, oh, well, you know, you know, and every once in a while thing, that's really good. And he's like, well, I smoke a couple on the weekend. And I'm like, well, you know, that's not that bad. And he's like, well, you know, at $30 a pop. And I'm like, are they $30 for your cigars? And he's like, well, I buy these ones that are expensive. And I'm like, that's fucking dumb, dude. Like, See, you won't do it based on the price alone. No, I'll tell you right now, nothing motivate, not nothing, but most things in terms of motivation, one of the things I've noticed about myself, one of the things that has the highest incentive for me and the thing that drives me to either make a choice or not make a choice is money. Yeah. Do you and Gary ever connect over being cheap? Yes. Oh, do you remember this? Were you at the bar with us before this is hardcore that day? Do you remember he opened his wallet and he had literally a two and a half to three inch stack of coupons in his wallet. Oh my God. Dude, it was amazing. <laughs> I was so hyped on it. And it was like, literally as he was going through it, he was like, he had stuff that he doesn't even purchase like in there. And I was like, what is this? And he's like, uh, this is for Chipotle. I'm like, do you go to Chipotle often? He's like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> why the fuck do you have this? Then I don't even, I don't get it. He's like, 
oh, what if somebody needs it? And they're like, you know, hey, I go to Chipotle. And I'm like, do you take your wallet out often? <laughs> do, you, do you take it out and go like, hey, I got some coupons. Do you want some of those? But yeah, no. And it's funny is uh, Gary is very similar to me in that, you know, we have three kids. Um, we live in almost the exact same area. We're only about 10 minutes away from each other. Yeah. Um, and, you know, uh, with Gary, it's been always like the same thing is we do live very, very frugal lifestyles. And folks, for context, we're talking about Gary from local legends this day forward. I don't know. I never know if people are going to like want me to mention them or not. So that's why I'm not using people's last names. Yeah. Well, I feel like with that one, it's like, I don't know. If it was like a story about like, yeah, and then we slashed this dude's tires and punched this kid in the head. It's like, you know, <laughs> as opposed to be like, he had a bunch of coupons. <laughs> I'm just paranoid. Yeah. No. And I think that's, I'll be honest with you. I think it's probably the best way to go about it because you don't want to have to deal with somebody later being like, yeah, I heard you were talking about me on the podcast. Like, Well, Gary, we love you despite your frugal nature. How about that? I love you because of your frugal nature. That's one of the <laughs> things that really makes me like you. <laughs> Yeah, you and Tommy can connect on that. Well, we're out of time. That's it. Holy shit. Okay. Yeah. Wow, that yeah. went really fast, dude. I don't want it to be a two-hour episode of just us talking because the audience will leave in droves. Oh, yeah. I think one hour is enough. No, I think you're right. I think it's a yeah. great idea. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for listening. Listen, like us, subscribe to us, keep writing us. We'll share your experiences on the air. We've got... More great guests coming up. We're going to be here every week. Guest or no guest. It doesn't matter. We're going to be here, man. We're here every single week for you. Tommy? I don't have anything profound right now. I, I just, I'm just glad that we get to do this. Like I, I was talking with uh, a friend. Um, well, <sighs> Not even if I was talking to Kelly's sister the other day when we were up in the Poconos because she had just returned from a trip. And I was like, yo, um, I'm doing that podcast still. And she was like, how is it? And I really had to stop and think about it for a second. I was like, it's really fun. And she's like, really? And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't. It's only a couple times ever seemed like work. And it only seemed like work because of what led into the podcast, meaning I didn't. I had shit going on in work or I had some other shit that I had to do or like the kids were a nightmare during the day. The podcast has never gotten on my nerves. Life has gotten on my nerves and kind of bled into the podcast because of like just the timing of it. Like, well, my Monday yes. afternoon was shitty. Therefore my Monday night was shitty. But, yes. Um, I really feel like this is just something that it, it keeps me happy. It keeps me sane. And most importantly, it's something that's still connected to hardcore when I can't go to shows and I can't go and jump around and be a dummy and like bump into people and, you know, try and grab the microphone and scream words to songs. I kind of know the words to <laughs> 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 I always find that it like all else fails you. Like when they start like they, they start singing a song and I'm like, I Look, I got the chorus on this one. I, I know I'll, the syllables. That's enough. Yeah. I'll run up towards the front and like, I got this part. Hold up. Um, yeah. But yeah, this is just, it's been really, it's been such a fun time. And I'm just, like you said before, I'm just so glad it's connected and landed on with some people because it's definitely made me feel better about like talking through some shit. And yes. um, I'm glad it's having that same effect for other people as well. Me too. Yeah, it's really scratching the itch as far as music goes because there's no shows, no live performances. So getting to talk to all of our heroes on a regular basis is really, really fulfilling. And I love it. And I'll end on this cliffhanger. Tommy, our next project is going to be to write music together and get out there and play it. I would totally do that. Yeah. So I'm going to leave that cliffhanger there some foreshadowing for the future and that's it everybody thanks for listening and until next time
us, motherfucker. Us, man. 